Do you wonder if others are dealing with the same project management challenges as you? Not sure where to turn for guidance and leadership? Office Hours are in session as we discuss project management and PMOs with global leaders, hearing their story and learning their secrets to success. Our goal is to empower you and help you elevate your PMO and project management career to new heights. Welcome back to Project Management Office Hours with your host, PMO Joe. Welcome everyone to Project Management Office Hours. We're the number one live project management radio show in the United States, broadcasting to you from the new Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, PMO Joe, and for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking project management with our special guest who's in studio with me today. It's always great to have someone here with me in the studio. Before we jump into that conversation, just want to send out a couple of announcements. I had mentioned last week on the show that the PMO Leader Global Community Annual Conference is now accepting registrations. We just announced this week that our title sponsor is keyed in. We're uh, very happy to have them as a global sponsor for us. We have Planisware, who is sponsoring the Americas region and the EMEA region. And we just uh, signed on our Asia-Pacific sponsor this morning, so we'll have that announcement coming out in the next day or two. So lots of great stuff. The conference, I think, is going to be a little bit unique. We're going to start over in Perth, Australia at 10 a.m. Perth time and then be live for the next 17 hours, bringing you almost like a New Year's Eve celebration, right? We're going to, as we follow the sun across the world, we're going to be bringing you live content from, I think, every continent in the world except Antarctica. So if there's anybody in Antarctica listening and you want to present, it would be awesome to be able to have you join us as well. So you'll be able to go out to our website, uh, get your registration in. I have that here shown on screen. Registration is free. Thanks to our sponsors, they've covered the cost of the conference. So it's free for everybody to go out there and join us. Also want to mention that these shows are recorded and you can use them as a podcast to help you obtain your PDUs. So this is show 110, I believe. So that's a lot of PDUs. Uh, So take advantage of that. Not just for the PDUs, of course, but we've had some amazing guests on over the past five years with lots of great experiences and knowledge that they've shared with the audience. So take a listen and collect those PDUs as well while you're doing it. We are live, live radio, as I mentioned, but we're also streaming right now on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. So really, there's no excuse to not be able to join us other than maybe you've got a busy schedule because most project management professionals do. But we've got access to wherever you need it. So with that, if you're listening in today, drop a comment out there. Let us know where you're joining from. It's always fun to be able to see where our different listeners are coming in from. That's it for announcements. Welcome, Milan. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. It's really appreciated to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. You've got quite the interesting story. And before we jump into that, I guess if you can just take a a minute or two and introduce yourself to the listener so they can know a little bit more about who you are. Sure. So, yeah, my name is Milan Dordovic, or actually it's pronounced Georgievich. So, yeah, I'm almost 15 years in a project management industry. I was on various project leadership positions and... Yeah, I was involved in implementation of the project management in various companies, uh, PMOs, uh, transformation, uh, implementing change, and so on. Mostly focused on high-tech companies in Europe or internationally and now here 
I'm director of product development at Proctorio, Scottsdale-based company, uh, which is in the tech industry. And yeah, I'm fortunate that I have opportunity to be in, in person here with you in the studio. Fantastic. And thank you so much for, for joining us. We've connected on the phone, had some conversations, and you have quite the interesting background uh, for those, uh, you can obviously hear an accent uh, yeah. <laughs> there. What's what's the origin story, right? How did you end up here in Phoenix? Yes, yeah, so I'm originally from Europe, from Serbia. And yeah, I started my career there life. And three years ago, I moved with my family to Arizona. So we were, I don't know, a couple of years, maybe five years ago, we came here to discover opportunity for growth, for, I don't know, better life living. We, we did pretty much everything that we can in Europe, which was really nice for us. I was really accomplished in the project management area, working for the biggest IT companies there, leading enormous projects and implementing PMOs in example in BMW and so on. But I saw that I can continue my career and life here. And definitely I selected Arizona because it's, there is no snow. <laughs> <laughs> There's no snow, but it is hot, right? It is hot, but yeah, I can deal that with that easier. Than, than with snow. So you can jump in a pool or, I don't know, chill it. You don't have to shovel sunshine, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. So when I hear Serbia, I don't necessarily think project management hotbed, but that's probably my own ignorance because I've never been there. W what is project management like in Serbia, maybe to compare and contrast to what you've seen here in the States? Yeah, so there is definitely a difference. So even though project management is quite... I don't know, implement as a discipline and or as a, as, a, as a role profession in Serbia, maybe in the recent years. Uh, when I started my career, I wasn't, as majority of the people, accidental project manager. Mm -hmm. So I started on my college as I wanted to be software developer. So I enrolled to college to be software developer. But on the second year, I discovered some courses and subjects related to management, especially project management, where I discovered myself. So after that, I completely focused on that area and I did my emphasis in project management on bachelor, master's, MBA and everything else. So pretty much I'm living the life of the, of the project management. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm speaking September 12th here at ASU to a group of yep. engineering students, right? Not related to project management, but they're, they have to do senior projects. Yeah. So we're trying to help them have a project mindset while they're doing their work. And interesting that that's kind of how you flipped over to join the profession. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was it was uh, interesting back then in Serbia when I tried or was one of the, I wouldn't say pioneers, but one of the first one who definitely want to change and improve the project management discipline and area in the country. And I had the issues with, uh, I don't know, getting the information, knowledge, from the local sources. So the, the first source was a PMI chapter in Serbia, which currently have, back then was, I don't know, only 100 people. But we were talking earlier before the show started, and, and now you're helping plug them into the project management, or I don't know the, the official name of it, but the exchange program, right? Yep, exactly. Can you share a little bit about, about that and yeah. that conversation? Yeah, so since 2012, I was involved as a part of the PMI Serbia chapter. But when I, when I moved to Arizona, I joined to PMI Phoenix chapter. Mm -hmm. So this year I became the, one of the board directors of the PM, PMI Phoenix chapter. 
So officially today voting started. So yep. yeah, so whoever is listening to this one, vote for me and Derek, Derek <laughs> as well. Yeah. So so we can take those roles officially. So yeah, Phoenix chapter is a large chapter, huge chapter. I think it's unbrushed diamond. And you are doing the awesome, awesome job for project management in, for Arizona and, and globally. So definitely your involvement in chapter and all around the project management here is is is, is huge. And I want you to do the same. So I did in Serbia, I did in various companies and I said, okay, I cannot wait. I cannot sit and someone doing that job. I want to influence and I want to make an impact in the project management. So if no one else want to do it, or if they can, I can help them definitely. And I want to commit to that and I want to jump and do as much as I can. So... This is something that we I joined there, started to cover some roles for as a VP for the membership. And also I didn't forgot my original chapter or my origins. So today we had a presentation of the exchange meetings between uh, PMI Phoenix chapter and PMI Serbia chapter. And we would like to put that one on the some I know higher level to include them in the official collaboration between chapters that you initiated a few years ago. Is that right? And I think that's up to over 20 different chapters now, right? Is yeah, that, 24, I think. That's amazing. And, and this is, you know, great for this world we live in. Just remove politics because our profession is about delivering strategic initiatives, right? Exactly. So, yeah, definitely we need to remove all the boundaries that currently exist or that someone else put on us. So, especially... Uh, during Corona or COVID period, we learned that we can overcome that, that we can connect and be virtually with everyone, I don't know, from the world. Yeah. And again, that's, you know, I mentioned the, the PMO Leader Global Conference. That's the same concept, right? It's it's a truly global community that's based on how do we exchange information and share information to help our profession be exactly. better, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's the concept that COVID has been horrible obviously, but there's been some benefit, right? If you find, if you seek out, you can find the good in exactly. anything, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think I, I'm happy that currently that we have PMO leader and the platform and all the community around that that now is providing all the benefits, help and support to all project managers or whoever is starting career right now. But I didn't have something like that 10 years or 15 years, 20 years ago. So I'm, I'm glad that someone started doing that right now. And definitely we all need to support our community, our people and new generations that are coming. Yeah, because I'm part of that generation that's going, right? <laughs> I've got, uh, I'm yeah. the one with all the gray in the beard. It, it, it's now how do we prepare that, that generation after me to be able to have that tools to be successful. So again, leaders like yourself who are stepping up locally like you did in your time in Serbia and now here in Phoenix to be leaders I think it's it's a message to that next generation of if you want it, go get it. Go right? get go it, grab definitely. It. Yeah, don't wait. Don't wait. Make a change. If you want to be, if you want to see the change, make the change. I like that. You'd mentioned Mercedes Benz, and we had some guests on a few about a month or so ago uh, that were talking about a BMW. less. Yeah, BMW. <laughs> what did I say? Mercedes. Oh no, BMW. <laughs> Sorry, but Mercedes about was involved in the project. So yeah. They were part of the project as well. No, no, yes, BMW. My my mistake. I mean, they were talking about less uh, large scale yep. framework that they put in. Were you involved in that as well, or, or what was your participation yeah. there? Yeah, definitely, I was involved. So I was hired to the company called TT Tech from Austria 
to completely implement the project management approach because BMW faced with really nice thing in that moment, they discovered that their competition is not Mercedes, it's not Volkswagen, it's not Audi or some other company. They discovered their competition are high-tech companies, IT mm. companies like Google, Apple. They will create new autonomous cars, electric cars, like Tesla is doing. So they said, okay, we need to change approach. We need to change way of working. We need to interrupt the industry. Automotive industry is one of the oldest that's never changed. For hundreds of years, they are working in the same way. And they said, okay, we want to switch to less large-scale scrum, which is really popular in, in Europe. Here in the U.S., more is safe, is more popular. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they said, okay, scrum is really good, but scrum you can implement on a single team or a small number of teams. We need something on a larger base. So definitely safe, uh, less can help us. And they uh, directly approach us and, and less community. So we did a lot of training certifications and everything else and implemented less on a large scale. So we had the, the, the consortium of the couple of companies and I was leading 300 software engineers there. The total number was almost 2,000 people. Wow. So, you know, I, this is something we hadn't talked about previously, but I'm, I'm following your career path now. You, you start in Serbia in university for development, switch over to project management get involved in the local chapter. And some years later, how long was it before you did that at BMW? Uh, I would say 10. So, and the reason I say that is for people listening, right, who are earlier in your career and you're thinking about, we're going 10 years is not a long time, especially at the beginning of your career. You went from, I didn't even know anything about project exactly. management, <laughs> to now at an international global brand leader in its industry, an implementation of a brand new process to be able to do things differently in 10 years. Yep. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. It is. I mean, think about that uh, for a second, really is a, what can you accomplish in 10 years from where you are today, right? For people who are listening to, you know, mark your time today and go forward 10 years. Where do you want to be doing? Where do you want to be and what do you want to be doing? And you can do that, right? No, definitely. That can be done, but, Definitely discipline, perseverance, and putting the time and effort in something is, is crucial. So those 10 years, someone can compact maybe in a five, mm -hmm. if they're doing that 20 hours a day. But you need to have opportunity to implement knowledge or those skills so you can sharpen the skills. So you need to, I never, I was never afraid of doing some project or taking the project or jumping into something that I didn't know. I was learning by doing. In the meanwhile, every night I was reading about that, I was enrolling myself currently in parallel with my family. I have three kids. One was born a month ago. Yeah. So on 1st of August, today's first month. So I have family and I, I'm currently enrolled in my third master's. All three were in one or the another way related to project management. So I was getting that knowledge in the meanwhile, while I was working during day and implementing whatever I was whatever I learned during night. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to implementing, and there were funny stories about that, how I tried to implement Scrum for the first time and everything else, so that didn't well, pass well. <laughs> well, no, hey, let's hear the story. Uh, <laughs> the reason I, we want to hear it is because people can learn from your experiences, right? Yep. And, and the key thing I want to point out, right, just as prior guests, right, talking with Marissa Silva, Karsten Lay, uh, Amira Amazahari, 
they all talked about taking a chance, right? They all moved to different countries. They all were willing to follow something that they weren't sure about, but they they just wanted to go for it. And yep. you've done the same thing. Same. So having the courage to take a chance on something, like maybe failing on the first time you implement Scrum. Yep. So what was that story like? Yeah, so the failing is definitely something that everyone of us, I don't know, get some time or be in that position sometime. But if you learn from failing and change the way how you are doing that next time, will put you on the right track. That will move you so you can make a progress. I'm completely about making progress and I'm not stopping. So I'm constantly in that, I don't know, high speed and trying to change to implement something because I know that will lead in some good direction. And of course, all of us fail, but we need to fail fast mm-hmm. and we need to change fast. So yeah, the Scrum thing, I was reading about that. It was 2009 or 10 when I tried first time implementing Scrum in one uh, startup. So I got really good training from Ericsson in Finland and from one trainer from Finland. So I said, okay, tomorrow I will use all this knowledge, go to the company and try to convince them and implement this tomorrow. No, it was not like that. So I called everyone in the company. So it was startup, I don't know, maybe 30, 40, 50 people in the company. And I called CEOs because that was mentioned there. Oh, you need to get buy-in from the CEO level, C-level and everyone else. So they need to see it here. And I said, okay, guys, I have something to tell you today. We will start implementation of Scrum. And they said, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so no, nobody heard about that. So it was still unknown. So there was, I don't know, a couple of books about that. That was 12 years ago. So, and I said, but okay, explain us. And I did really nice presentation, PowerPoint and so on. And I said, okay, there are, I don't you know, story about chicken and egg, mm-hmm. chicken and, and, and pig. So how one will be committed, the other one will be. So I explained like that. And I said, okay, there are stakeholders, CEOs. So there are chickens and we who are involved in a project, we are pigs. Uh, so they will, they will, I don't know, drop the egg and they will leave. But we are pigs. We need to be committed. So part of us will stay there and be, I don't know, completely involved in the project. So ham index. So let's make ham index from, from, from the, and I explained the roles. And then in the half of the meeting, CEO said, this is uh, bullshit. So let's stop this one. We will never implement this one. Oh boy. So that's it. So, and he, I don't know, say, you cannot mention this anymore. So you're done. Don't mention me some hippie stories or something like that. So it's not, you need to, they need to deliver and that's it. So move that away. So me being me, didn't want to listen or I listened, but after some time, I took different approach. So I started implementing one by one technique and one by one using one by one tool. So I started with a small team. I started with one project and I said, okay, guys, Let's meet every morning. Let's do cup sync. Let's let's see. I don't know if you have an issue. What you did yesterday. What you plan to do tomorrow, and so on. So and I said, okay, let's do. It. And we start. So one by one, change, and a small, on a small door, I started implementing. And after some time, results were there, and they saw those results. And I said, whoa, really good. So yeah, but nobody noticed that change. Mm-hmm. And we had results. We delivered whatever we plan to deliver. Uh, we implemented some products, but they, they were not aware. So in the end, maybe after six months, a year, I told them, hey guys, you see what we do now and every Friday 
or every second Friday, what we do on Wednesdays, how we do decompose those items, do grooming, do implementation, have those meetings when I'm asking you to do this. When it's, those are the things that I explained. Remember in that presentation one year ago? Those are the things. So I said, whoa, but this is completely different. Then we didn't understand that mm-hmm. because my approach was, was not appropriate. Yeah. So I didn't jump in in a way how it should be, but I learned during time. So la- later, with some other techniques, tools, methodologies, because I tried later to get the knowledge from all other methodologies and approaches. So, yeah, I think all of them are really good and all you need to know to have a knowledge. So make approach yeah. from a different side. Yeah, you know, I, you touched on something I'm pretty passionate about. You had talked about in a startup community, failing fast is kind yep. of this mindset. And, and I think they've got it wrong, right? Because when you fail... It means it's over. It's done. It didn't work. You can move on to something else, yep. right? But but I say it's not. We learn fast. Learn fast, exactly. And then the story you just shared, right? You learned fast that the approach you were doing wasn't going to work, and you took a different approach. You didn't fail. You actually succeeded. Succeeded, yeah. So this mindset of failure, if you go in thinking we're going to fail fast, you've already lost, right? It's a defeatist mindset. If we go in and say, I'm going to learn fast, and we're still going to come out in the end, even if your your organization doesn't succeed if it doesn't play out the way you want it to so many startups don't you still learn from that and you take it exactly. into your next experience yeah, experience and you will not do in the same time next time yeah so that's that's why i i'm a uh, learn fast guy not, yep. a, not a fail fast guy <laughs> right we all have enough challenges in our world we don't have to be thinking about failure but i love that i love the the story component of that because it's a real world scenario right as as a consulting firm the pmo squad has gone in and We've shared with clients, hey, this is the approach we think you should take. And they've said, well, I don't think we really want to go that path. Yeah. And then you have to adjust or you have to learn how to be able to accommodate what your client wants because you're not going to force something. Exactly. Out. Yeah. So I think the biggest mistake that, I don't know, people or organization do, they read about some methodology, they read about some approach or they, they hear that one company succeeded because they did it in that way and they want to do the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, you know. So there is one people, person who succeed. He was doing it in the same way and you want to do the same. No, but you are in a different industry. You have different product. Your story is different. You need to take all those things into consideration and apply to your organization, company approach. So you cannot implement. There are probably, I don't know, chances that you will succeed, but there are plenty of approaches, plenty of methodologies, frameworks, and you need to you can select one of them or you can make even better custom one. Mm-hmm. Select the best from all of them and apply to your organization. Make a custom fit. Yeah, that's, I think, what the good move PMIs made recently with the latest PMBOK yeah. is to get out of the, the practice of how we're going to do this and now the principles of how we should do that, right? It allows yeah, exactly. for that customization to really say, you know, there's a beginning, there's middle, there's an end, and how do we do that? What fits for your company? And let's work on that, right? I, I think that's a, we've been preaching that for a decade. So finally, PMI caught up with our mindset. Yeah, so yeah finally they did. But that's good. So they're changing and they're learning. So you've been over here in the States, I think you said five years now? Three. Three years. So what what's different about project management here compared to what you experienced in Europe? Yeah, so here is uh, diversification definitely exist here and project management is in pretty much every industry. So you have in the project management in government, you have project management in healthcare here, in insurance, 
in IT, on all kind of, I don't know, companies, industries, organizations. In, in Serbia or generally in Europe, it's not like that. It's mostly focused on IT and construction. So you can choose one of the other. And really small, there are certain, I don't know, efforts to implement the project management in some other industries, which is not, I don't know, completely implemented. Yeah. And, and this, again, I'll, I'll, I'll plug the PMO Leader Conference, right? We're going to have several speakers from Europe and, and the Middle East and Africa in there as well. And they're going to be talking about those experiences, right? So to learn, because listen, I, I'm, I think, doing a good job here locally within the U.S., but we've never worked in Europe. We've never worked in Asia. And I can learn from those regions just as much as they could learn from me. So now having that opportunity, she talked about with the, mm -hmm. the boundaries broken down, let's listen to those voices. Let's hear how they practice project management in Europe and Asia and Africa and around the world and learn from them just as we try to teach them what we know. Yeah, exactly. So I think that exchange need to exist. The project management as a project management from the, I don't know, pharaohs building those pyramids and everything else, like, like explained in the book, started a thousand years ago, but as a discipline started in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of, I don't know, books and subjects and courses and everything else explaining the project management. But it's not spread equally in every part of the, of the world. Uh, it's not shared. Or, in example, in Serbia, uh, especially in the IT industry, Scrum Agile is really popular. Mm -hmm. It's much pop more popular than here. Okay. So pretty much every single company want to have Scrum Masters, want to implement Agile, and everybody's talking about the Agile. Agile conferences are every single month, but there is no such a thing for some other industries. Mm. So the other industries are, I will say, suffering. They need to know what techniques they can use, approaches, frameworks, so they can implement and improve their businesses. Because that's the ultimate idea. All of them need to deliver something because that's the purpose of the project management, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Delivery of some sort of strategic initiative. Absolutely. Exactly. So how do we, how do you, or I guess the exchange program maybe is the answer to this, but I was going to say, how do we uh, work with these other regions around the world to try to kind of lift, right? Rising tide lifts all boats. So how do we help lift project management around the world uh, coming from someone who's far more world-versed than I am. <laughs> yeah, so, no, definitely PMI can be one of the ways. Definitely PMI is everywhere. Mm -hmm. So PMI has a 300 chapters and it's pretty much in every state. But PMI, through the local chapters, is doing that for, for years. And they did to the certain point. Mm -hmm. But I think we should not align or should not stay there with only them being the one who will be implementing something so we can take the actions in the other way. So PMO leader is a great opportunity that should be spread to pretty much every country, every state or, or every region. And I think definitely sharing knowledge approaches and, and, and having more people involved in the community, sharing their experiences, troubles. So because we are all facing with the same things, we're all telling the same story. Mm -hmm. Whether and I think what is currently happening, what I see is that we have, I hope I will not offend anyone, but we have those different methodologies, different approaches, like a different, I'll say, churches or different religions, mm -hmm. and they're all against each other. Mm -hmm. So we need to be the glue there and, I don't know, to make them work together 
because in the end, we want the same thing, which is delivery. So we're all working on a project which has, as you said, beginning and start. We have some scope, what we want to deliver with a certain quality, with a certain resources and certain constraints that we need to jungle. But different methodologies, different frameworks are just explaining from the different perspective. We're all saying about or speaking about the same thing. The perspective is from this angle or from this angle. And we need to be the one or we need to somehow connect all those dots and to, I don't know, be the, the, the peacemaker between all those religions, I would say, mm -hmm. which are currently, I don't know, everywhere in the world. Yeah, it's, when you think about it, their Agile and Waterfall didn't exist when the Great Pyramids were built. Yep. And somehow they still built them. Exactly. <laughs> right? So labels, I think, are just horrible. Yeah. Right? If we just call it delivery, and there's different techniques that you can use to do that, we don't have to buy in. My, my company is only Agile. Or my company is only Waterfall. But why? Yeah. I, I don't understand that yeah. mindset. And I think the rigidity that comes associated with that is actually a limiting factor exactly. for organizations. Exactly. So I was facing with those things. I know on the conferences, in the conversation, or implementing. No, we want to be Agile. We want to implement Agile methodology only. Or if I'm speaking in front of the PMI or, or, or I don't know, traditional discipline, they'll say, oh, you're a traditionalist, you are speaking about a PMI, you have, I know, closed mindset, we are agile, we are open for everything. He said, we are saying about the same thing. So I said, because my first certification was by International Project Management Association, which is popular in Europe as well. And after that, I did, I said, okay, I want to understand the other perspective. So I did PMI certification, PMP. And then there was a third side, which was agile and I said, okay, let me get that knowledge so I can understand completely what you're talking about mm -hmm. and we can be on the same side. And I said, okay, I will do my certification in Scrum as a product owner as well and all kinds of certification that exist. And then we, those scaled methodologies came or frameworks and I said, okay, let me do less, let me do safe. So I got all certifications so I can speak with those people so I can convince them that they're all good. Mm -hmm. And we can take the best parts from all of them and implement and make a custom framework which will get the best result for the company. How many certifications do you have? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, ten, something like that. Wow, that's that's awesome. And again, I'm I'm one of those older school guys, right, that got my PMP and helped me understand the value of, of a consistent approach to delivery and then found how what works for me to deliver. Right. So yeah. uh, I've never gone out and got any additional certifications, not because I don't participate in those frameworks or methodologies, but just because it's a, I don't know, I just haven't had time for it, I guess, which is a horrible answer. Because when I interview <laughs> people and they give me that answer, I say, that's a horrible answer. You should have yeah. time for it. But I, I'm, I'm impressed by you. Rami Kabni is another guy that has, I know oh, yeah, that, that not... has so many certifications and He's he just on, on LinkedIn, I don't know, he cannot, his name and all certifications <laughs> in the, the, next to the names, it's, it's huge, yeah, I know. Yeah. So what, if we compare and contrast them, not, not the details of them, but how they've influenced your career and what you've taken from them to put into practice, is there any sort of connection that you can make through your certifications and utilization of that within your work career itself? Yeah, so... So I was fortunate that I started with a PMP 
mm-hmm. and with a PMI because that that gave me the broad, I don't know, information and and it was that exam was I don't know horrible, so it was mm-hmm. terrifying. So the other certification later just added additional knowledge to the foundation that I had and I got through the PMP certification. Mm-hmm. So all of them just helped me to understand better the thing that I already learned through the PMP. So all of them definitely got me, I don't know, additional benefits, knowledge, and helped me to understand the changes because, yeah, we, 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 we saw that, that PMI was not changing for years and they had that, that approach, which was the same from 70s, even though environment changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So that make the opportunity for some other approaches and some other organizations took the opportunity to say, okay, we need to do something, we need to change. So this is the way. So we had Scrum Agile that came from, I will say, software industry, original PMI came from, I don't know, military industry or civil engineering. We was focused mostly on that. But now we have implementation of all those frameworks and approaches to various industries. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely it's changing something. We have an interesting webinar series out on the PMO leader uh, Michael O'Connor was the host for that, and it was certifications around the world. And he went and interviewed some of the leaders from the different associations that provide those global certifications. And what you realize is they all come from the same spot, right? They're they're all yeah. good-hearted, trying to make the world better for project managers, but they have their own approach. So certainly encourage everyone to go out and and check out those no definitely shows Same. and learn a little bit more about those different bodies. Yeah, as you said, so all those, we cannot call them methodologies. They're not all the methodologies. Some yeah. of them are just approaches, tools, techniques, frameworks. So they all give you certain knowledge, but some of those you can implement on a small team level or a little bit bigger group or in a whole organizational level. Mm-hmm. So that's something that PMI had as a program or portfolio, but now SAFE is doing on the whole organization. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there are different thoughts how SAFE is changing names and doing some weird things, but put that one on the side. Put the roles and everything else on the side and take what you can grab from that one and what you can implement. Because now we are in the, in the I don't know, fifth technology industry, uh, on the turn point of the fifth technology industry where everything is changing. So we need to change ourselves. We need to change our processes if we want to thrive, if we want to implement and produce, I don't know, really good products, which will be interesting and, and will be, which will be on the market really fast. So we need to be, I will say, agile in a certain way, and we need to implement that through the whole organization. If the whole organization is not aligned, then there is no sense. So you, you mentioned there this new technology kind of revolution or yeah. fifth generation that we're heading into, and AI is certainly yep. a part of that. Every year, usually around November, December time, people start coming out with, here's my predictions of what's going to change in project management (laughs) next year. And for the past five plus years, people have said, AI is going to take over project management. And then I write the counter argument and and I say, I've been hearing this forever, not this year. Maybe in the future, but not this year. What's your thoughts on on AI and project management? Or not many thoughts, but how about your experiences? No, definitely. I think AI is already here, but in a certain way. So I recently wrote an article on Forbes. So it's, it's related to AI decision-making in the organization and project management. Yeah, whoever is willing can read that one. 
And there are three distinguished groups of the AI implementation. So one is, the first one is assisted AI. So assisted AI means that AI is kind of helping you to generate certain data or to process certain data, which we have right now in the, in the, in the project management. So different kind of calendars, scheduling tools, different kind of cloud-based tools that we are using to process data to help us to get some decision. Mm-hmm. So uh, to track something. So there are plenty of tools currently using AI in that way. The next step or the this, this, this second step of the implemented AI is augmented AI, which is going to the one more level, which is using machine learning to train uh, certain models and to train action, which is going to happen in the future. So you are not using something just to make some decisions and to help, help you something to process the data, but you are training the system so they can predict something in the future and they can change based on the new inputs and new data, which currently started happening with some companies, some tools and providing certain, 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 uh, certain products that can be, can be used. And some of them we can develop by ourselves, which I'm currently using, doing with my team in the company. We are developing our own CRM, which is smart, which is learning during the time, collecting certain information from, from the leads and everything else, what we do and based and the actions that we took based on those actions that we took can help me so I can predict what's going to happen with a project that I, I will start. Oh, you took those actions on the previous projects. You did this, 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 and that can help you. So can, can, can kind of define a trend line or some actions that you should not take. Mm-hmm. And then we have the next step, which people, when they are speaking about the AI, they mostly think of the completely full automated AI, which are robots. Mm-hmm. We are still not there. Right. So we are still not there and definitely will take five more years at least so and that we have 20, start, maybe 30. 20. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the, yeah, if you are speaking about those chips that, that Elon Musk want to implement in the head of the people. So definitely that's so not something that's going to happen next so this is always fascinating for me because I am wholeheartedly supportive of advancing technology to, to help us improve. And the challenge we see with the PMO squad, right, is we're working with clients and we, we try to help everybody do better, of course. And we'll say, what systems are you on? And they're like, oh, well, we, we use Excel. Excel, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, there's so many different solutions out there to collect data. And there's some basic ones like office products that mm-hmm. are out there. How do we get data that's usable by a tool that is able to take in all of the different technologies that we use in our industry? I think we're that diversity of technology is actually limiting our capability to advance to that next level and to that yeah, exactly. augmented stage because there isn't a common data set that any company can go right to. I, again, I'm not a technology guy, though you're probably... Yeah, it is. Definitely, that's, that's the issue that we're currently facing with. So how do we, how do we, one, do we need to fix that, right? As an industry, should we be thinking more about this? Or is what we do so human-driven, right? I think it was Sunil's time during PMI mm-hmm. leadership where he came up with the power skills that we have to focus on. And I agree with that. Motivation, negotiation, all of those things are, are extremely important as a project manager, but those aren't AI driven, right? They're not, we're not going to motivate people necessarily with 
with, uh, well, you know, I don't want to limit ourselves because <laughs> I, I can think of utilizations yeah. where we could motivate yeah. people with intelligence that way. Yeah, I think I think in in the future, uh, definitely big changes will happen, but not only in the project management, but all the industries. So pretty much automation, digitalization will take advantage. And we see what happened, what happened in the last 10 years, a lot of processes are automated. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of roles will be turned off. They will not exist. They will be replaced, not with robots, but they will be ex- replaced with a simple AI, as, as, I, as I explained, which will just do processing of certain data because there are no papers anymore. You do not need to sign by your hand. You do not need to go somewhere to take those papers or whatever to grab, to do, to oversee. You can do it virtually now. You have cameras, you have technology to send, you have everything. So there are plenty of organizations using that advantage and automating all those processes and keeping people to be decision makers. So we need to keep, and as you, as you mentioned, to, to use those skills that, that computer cannot do. And we need to focus on that side more. Because later, I think the role of the project manager or all kinds of roles in the project management industry will grow. And definitely this is, this is I don't know, this is role or, or, or industry of the future. Because we will be the one who will be guiding and driving technology. We'll be the one who will be driving te- changes in the organizations and the ones who will be driving the processes and implementing that to the, to the ultimate product or delivery. We'll be using people to help us and people to make the decisions which are pre-processed and collected digitally with, uh, with the computers and machines. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, right? Because to your point, project managers are on the lead of all of these new implementations. Yep. And then the question is, how do we consume what we're leading, yep. right? Because by definition, each project is unique. Yep. So if it's unique, how do we use machine learning and other intelligence to be able to come up with the answers? And I think that's the key. Right? Yeah, exactly. How do we do that? Because they're still common yep. threads through unique projects, right? You, you still build schedules. You still use status reports. You still find risks and issues. And going back and having automation and intelligence and machine learning evaluate those could be helpful. So Definitely, yeah. And we'll remove... I don't know, bias mm-hmm. will be remove mistake or, you know, issues that people can make. So I don't forget something to overcome something or not to think something. So the program is defined to pre-process that one. But people are the ones who are defining that program. Mm-hmm. That will not be some robots which will be on the sign and they do whatever they want. No, we are not there. So those are still movies or, I don't know, maybe in the future, maybe not. Yeah. Probably the biggest challenge with this is organizational acceptance of project management as a whole, right? Yeah. It's not that we within the industry, I think, will absorb and, and learn from this and it will come. But organizations need to be willing to invest exactly. in those tools. Exactly. And right now they struggle to invest in project management yeah. to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, yeah, they, they not only need to invest in the, in the tools and they need to invest in the people. Sure. So, and I think PMO as a center of excellence the company should be the one who should force that change. Well, it, it, I agree with that, but the challenge is going to be getting the organization to just accept a PMO yep. to do that. Exactly. And some companies have. Yeah. I, I mean, this isn't a, a truly global issue, but certainly I think there's fewer companies who have embraced the PMO the right yep. way yep. than those that haven't. 
Yeah, but those good stories need to be explained, to be shared, yeah. and all companies need to hear about those. And you know, whoa, they implemented PMO because the PMO is the center point of the project management of the excellence of the governance and everything else that can be helpful for the organization, can support company goals, and can support all changes and everything in the company. Yeah, I'm speaking later this month down at the PMI Alamo chapter in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be speaking, as I mentioned, at ASU, and I'm going to be talking about the language of project management. Not because we in the project management industry un need to understand our language, right? We all speak fluent project management, yeah. <laughs> but organizations don't. And when we bring these concepts to them, they speak operations language. Operation. Yeah, exactly. And it's like learning a brand new language to them. And we have to be the stewards of language teachers as much as we are as process providers mm. and project leaders. How do we teach the person sitting in marketing the language of project management so they can understand it and not run away from it? Because what we don't understand, we usually back away from. Exactly. So this, I think we've got an interesting next, you know, five plus years in our industry to see how we evolve with this new machine learning and technology yeah. and AI and all that. Yeah, definitely. When you mention the I don't know, marketing or some other departments in the organization, I think that uh, <clears throat> PMO will not be the single unit in the future, will not be one office which is there to help you if you need help and, and that you will knock on the door and say, oh, I need some charts, reports, templates or something like that. No, the PMO will be spread through the organization. The PMO will consist of the all members in the organization that can drive change, that can change their department. So we'll be in the marketing department, we'll be in operation department, we'll be in the sales department. So all those that want to, I don't know, implement something because they're all kind of managing their own projects. Even marketing team has a project, build a website, I don't know, put all those uh, press releases, put those blogs, uh, drive some campaigns, marketing campaigns. From their perspective, that's a project. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, I was against that. No, wait, 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 that, that's not a project. You are not, you're not a project manager, but it seems they are. And they need what they need. They need support from the project management industry, from the people who are, I don't know, skilled in a project management to help them to transfer those skills to them because they are becoming the marketing project managers, healthcare project managers, and everything else. So they have a, a huge technical knowledge which needs to be, to be upgraded with the skills of the project management so they can apply to their own projects. And I think that that's definitely in the, in the, the way that holding this industry will go. Well, I think a challenge to that is going to be, again, labels, yeah. right? Because the PMO comes with a perceived connotation, right? It, mm -hmm. it, it's what it is because there's a, everyone writes projects, yeah. to your point, right? Exactly. Think of Six Sigma. And Six Sigma went throughout the organization to find ways to remove waste and, and build efficiency. It didn't, didn't have to be just yeah. a, a product you were producing. You can go into marketing and, and use Six Sigma tools. But it wasn't called the Six Sigma office, right? It was a tool, tool that exactly. you would use, right? Or a set of tools, right? That you would use to be able to do that. Project management office is now coming in with this 50 years mm. of established mindset of you're an office, office that people yeah. do. People come see to. there and they're full time doing that one. Right. Yeah. So that's where we've, yeah. again, PMO Scott, we've changed it. We've said, no, the, the PMO is purpose measure optimized. Yeah. What is the purpose of what you're doing? How do we measure our, our capability on it? And then how do we optimize it and make it be a tool? Exactly. 
because I, I have the other language for that. I call that center of project excellence. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, every organization should be center of project excellence because each department or every team, they all have some projects and they need to deliver something. So the whole organization should be aligned. They are all activities should be aligned with the ultimate goals of the organization. And if we are all together through the tribes or something like that, sharing knowledge based on the, I don't know, activity, basing on the uh, certain, certain area, we all are kind of center of project excellence, which is vertically and horizontally implemented through organization. Yeah, I, what I'd like here is we're not probably too far off in age, but we're certainly probably a generation apart from each other, right? And, and yeah. you're coming after me and you're, you're leading the charge for that next generation that's coming. And you've got fantastic experience and, and great thought leadership that you have shared with us today. I'd say, what is the message maybe for your generation, right? As you take on new technologies, new principles, new thoughts within our industry, what's the rallying cry? Right. Because I think my generation and maybe the one before us, the first generation was let's get accepted. Yeah. Let's build consistently and get accepted. Well, we're there. Right. There's now enough associations, enough companies understand it. So now what do we do with, with what we have? Right. What's the next generation? What's the message for them? I think they need to be open, definitely openness. And they need to be, you know, they need to implement change. So they need to grab whatever is in front of them. They need to have open eyes with the changes happening into the society. So the changes that are happening with the industry, the technology. So if we are not aligned with our surrounding, we cannot progress. We're always stuck. So we should not be in the position where we're stuck. Because if we're stuck, you will not progress and you will not, will not go anywhere. So new generations definitely need to be in the position where they need to see in the future what's going to happen in the next five, 10 years and to align their actions based on that. And definitely education, knowledge, and being involved in community, society, and, and with other people that can transfer your knowledge is definitely something that I will I don't advise to anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if we think, you know, PMI has got the change makers, you know, obviously organizations like ProSci, Tim Creasy has been on the show as a guest a couple of times is, yeah. is so focused on change management because everything we do, every project leads to change. Yeah. But I also think it's even personal change, right? Willing to take the risk, willing of to course. go to a different country, willing to take on open-minded certifications so that you, th you can learn different approaches to things. Be willing to volunteer for a chapter and be on a board to be able to lead effort, be willing to exchange with others around the world globally. That is change because you're getting out of your comfort exactly. zone. Exactly. So whenever you get out of the comfort zone, you are improving yourself because if you are doing the same thing every, every, every day, you will definitely go down. You will not do anything from your, your life or not make an impact. And if you want to do the best for yourself, for your family, for your community company, you need to drive change. So people are usually, definitely by definition, people are avoiding change. Mm -hmm. So they like a change if they are not part of it. Mm. Yeah. But we, we learn through the history, through the side that change is happening, whether you like it or not. It's inevitable. Inevitable, yeah. exactly. So you need to be aligned with it. And sometimes to try to see the change that is coming. And the, the biggest opportunity is if you understand the difference, if you can make the change or not. 
So are you able to influence and make the impact or not to lose the effort if you are not? But also to see the opportunity where you are able to change and how you can do it. Yeah, I love it. You know, I, I just took a peek here at the clock and we're, we're kind of up on time. Yeah. I mean, conversations <laughs> uh, always go so fast. As, so last kind of question for you is just to tee up for you is, is there anything coming up that folks should be aware of that you're involved in? How can people get in touch with you? Last thoughts you have for the audience as, as they're listening? Sure. Yeah. So they can, yeah, I have kind of my blog, pm.guru. So I'm putting some kind of posts related to project management there. I'm also writing the articles for Forbes. I'm part of Forbes Technology Council. Yeah, we'll be involved in ASCU event. So PMI Phoenix, you as well, huh? mm -hmm. some of the sponsors and, yeah. and, and supporting that event. Also, I will be on PMI Global Summit in December in Las Vegas. So yeah, I would like to, to meet with all people who are willing or have a time there. Yeah, that's right. I, I should mention that. Well, I'll be there as well, which would be great. Uh, all of the new friends I've made globally. Globally, yeah, definitely. Uh, have over this, to meet them there. Yeah, this COVID <laughs> world, I've, I've met so many people and uh, never had a chance to shake their hand. And it'll be fantastic to be able to be in person with, every, uh, with people and, and to be able to put a, a body and a face to the name. So I'm really looking forward to that. So Milan, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, of course, thank you to all of our listeners, because if we don't have listeners, we, we really don't have a show. Yeah. Be sure to go out and visit the pmosquad.com slash podcast. That's where all of our shows are kept, but also your favorite podcast platform, right? So it could be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, whatever it may be, or Phoenix Business Radio X, of course, has all of these shows uh, saved. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests coming up in the uh, coming months as we wind out the year. We've got uh, just a few more shows left before this year is over. Mate Severa will be joining us. We're going to be having a citizen developer discussion. So if you've been involved in the citizen developer program, I think that'll be an interesting one. We're going to have members of PMI uh, joining one of their partners, TrackVIA, will be with us. Uh, then we're going to be speaking with members of the PMO Global Alliance Healthcare Strategic Initiative. I think that's going to be a fantastic discussion. Uh, we're big supporters of the PMO Global Alliance and all the good they're doing around the world. So uh, this special group that they have focused on uh, healthcare strategy, I think is going to be a really fun conversation. Sanjeev Augustine will be joining us, and we've got a couple other surprises uh, that we're working on for finishing out the rest of the year. Also, certainly thank you to our sponsors, the PMO Squad and the PMO Leader. The PMO Squad is the premier PMO and project management consulting firm started in the United States. Of course, I'm a little biased because that's my <laughs> company, but I think we'll deliver better for you than any other company that does that for you. And then the PMO Leader. I had mentioned earlier, we have our global conference coming up in October. Registration is free. Thanks to our partners, Planisware, Keydin, and others that we'll be announcing shortly. We have an amazing lineup of guests planned for that, and I really encourage everybody to take advantage of that opportunity. So we look forward to you joining us for that. We'll see you in a couple of weeks as we take on our next show. That's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Thanks for listening to another episode of Project Management Office Hours with PMO Joe. You're not alone in your project management journey. We're here to help you achieve your goals. 
subscribe to Project Management Office Hours on your favorite podcast platform to catch all of our episodes and hear industry leaders share their story and secrets to success.